Hey, Matt, how's it going, man? Hey, what's going on, Alex? Happy, uh, happy almost Friday. Yeah, thank God, man. Couldn't get to the end of this week fast enough. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. I gotta say, uh, I sent our show to my parents last week, and my mom was like, "Why do you have a hoodie on?" So can't, <laughs> can't wear can't wear hoodies anymore, I guess, on the show. So I have this backwards now. Yeah, there you go, man. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, I've known Travis uh, for a while. Um, when I saw his post the other day, um, I was like, "Really? 15 years? I mean, he has over 100 trucks in his operations. Obviously, not a not a double broker." And it you know got me thinking, you know, how much power these freight guards have. You know, who has permission to file them? How much damage they do? You know, there's so so many things to talk about. And we were going to have, you know, a guest on, as you know that kind of combats this that we pushed to next week when I saw Travis's post I was like just to stay on this topic you know I'm excited to hear it yeah I mean I think that uh it's interesting for 15 years he managed to not collect one free guard obviously he's doing things correctly and uh interesting timing with this down market for for the first not only one but two free guards in history so I think there's some correlation there yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think, you know, everyone wants to fight fraud, double brokers, post about it. But I mean, you had somebody you sent me yesterday, you know, on the same topic. And this is a different situation from Travis's. And we call the carrier and he's like, yeah, this broker's bond was about to get revoked. And you know, all this other stuff, like there's always two sides to, you know, every story. And I mean, I think that there's always two sides. And the unfortunate part is that the freight guard will heavily hinder the carrier, whereas the carrier doesn't have that same power i would say is the best word to, to do something negative to the broker in that way so uh, anyways let's bring on our guest and uh, let's get into it let's do it hey travis hey, hey travis. Guys, how you doing doing good doing good how about uh how about yourself looks like you're uh got a relaxing day in uh wisconsin i love the uh background you got too with the uh truck and logo <laughs> yeah it's a little warmer here i think they're calling for a warmer winter what is it el nino el nino Whatever it is, but we're not supposed to have near as much snow this year, so it's going to be back up in the 60s next week. So, not too bad for uh, um, not too bad for Wisconsin, man. I yeah, mean, not Toronto, it's it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, let me bring up. So, I guess this is where this all kind of started. Um, your post from I think what two days ago now. Yeah, let let's back up a little bit too. Um, it was. I've known Travis, you know, for a little while. We're we're friends. Um, you know, I know he's a good guy. So when I saw this post, I was like, "There's no way this is accurate." But um, why don't you just kind of give the viewers a little background, Travis, of your your company, how you started, how long you know you've been in business? Just yeah, just tell us a little bit about uh, Extreme Trucking. Yeah, so I started with one truck, one trailer. Um, I started in the reefer business, and um transition into flatbed we sold our flatbed division in 2020 we're now 100 percent refrigerated so we have 105 trucks 240 trailers based uh just south of green bay wisconsin we run the midwest southeast a uh, little west coast um been in the business i think our authority is 13 years so when when this all came up yesterday it was a it was shocking to me. I guess I never, I knew about freight guards, but I didn't realize they they held the weight that they held and went to LinkedIn to say, hey, how have other people dealt with this? Because the brokers are very unresponsive when you do contact them to try to get something like that removed. Yeah, no, 100%. And and kind of like I was telling Alex, because Alex at first was like, how does he not know about, about freight guards? I was like, well, if you only work, you know, if, 
you get your own customers and you only do 15% of freight with brokers and you do a good job, you're, you know, you're not really going to have to limit yourself to exposure to getting freight guards if you're, you know, 15%. And so you touched on, you have about 200 power units, roughly. 100 100 power units, 240 trailers. Yeah. So you're not a small company by any means. And I mean, to be open for that long and never have a freight guard, I mean, you're obviously doing something right. Right. I mean, we always want to deliver the success of our customers, whether it's a broker or one of our direct customers, and we always want to do what's right. So typically you can work uh, through any issues. It is trucking. We're not perfect. We do deliver late. We do have drivers oversleep. Yeah, we do have things happen. But um, to go to the extent where you file a freight card report, um, especially some of the fraudulent ones, like one of ours uh, was, uh, the other one was removed once we... Uh, talk to someone in leadership that was removed. So you've got one down, uh, I guess, one to go at this point. One down, one to go. Correct. Right. My only question just before we move on with the topic is like, how much are your freight would you say you find on the spot market? Just so I have an idea. Overall, it's about 15%. So what is it? 40, 50 loads a week. We're doing 300 or so loads a week. So about 40, 50, depending on the week. We've increased a little bit. Obviously, uh, it's no secret the market is a little bit slower. So where we typically had customer freight, uh, our customers are shipping, their shipping volume is down. So we're having to utilize brokers a little more than normal. Yeah. Now, would you say you, you mainly use the spot market just to position yourself back to customer freight? Because I mean, I've seen that topic on LinkedIn a lot lately. Yeah, correct. We use the spot market to reposition our, our power units into uh areas regions where we have direct freight back out of yeah of course anyways so where i guess we'll start with the one you got removed how does how does that kind of go yeah i think i just backing up a little bit first alex too i think it's a good example i mean travis's company of just you know a lot of trucking companies complain about brokers um but what you know, travis Travis did is he got 85% of his own freight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's doing exactly what everyone says you should be doing <laughs> so yeah. uh, congratulations on that part all right but sorry Thanks. yeah yeah, so I mean, the first freight guard, I mean, how does that, how did that all kind of pan out? Yeah, so the first freight guard came about, we had a truck down in Florida, um, a newer Kenworth, I think it's 2023, possibly 2024, transmission went out. He was broke down there for three, four days waiting for warranty work. He was fixed. He ended up, uh, so our dispatch got him a load out of Florida and 15 miles from the pickup, the reefer went down on like it's, it's a 21 or 22 reefer that went down. The broker got upset saying we did not communicate with him uh, timely. We did. And we had the emails to back it up. Um, and it then just for a second. So the transmission on the truck went first and then. So did you notify them of that, that going around? So we weren't even on this load at that time when the truck. Uh, uh, this is not under their freight. Yeah, this was not on their freight. Luckily, the driver just got empty with some of our direct customer freight, and he was going to pick up another load. Um, don't recall. No, I was just trying to make sure that you didn't tell them, hey, our transmission went out, now the reefer went out, because then I could kind of start to see where they would have some concerns. You know, yeah. about and that's what sometimes the brokerage side don't understand. We are operating new equipment with a yeah. lot of technology, a lot of sensors, and things go down. go down. I mean, sometimes the joke is in the shop, take this old truck, pre-emission we have a few that we use for backup and we have some older reefers and them things sometimes run better than this brand new stuff that 
we're buying just due to sensors, wiring issues. Yeah, that was the comment I wanted to make to you was like, you said it's 2023, 2024 truck, you transmission. Yeah. It's not like you're operating equipment that uh, is older or anything. You know, it's kind of, kind of crazy. Correct. Situation. Yeah. We operate newer equipment. Um, so when the, when the reefer went down, email was sent to the broker. It was the end of the day. By the time the broker called the office and went to our on-call and, uh, the on-call person at the time answered extreme trucking and logistics. So he heard logistics and right away thought <laughs> double brokered the load. And we had to explain like you now our on-call roles for the brokerage and, and the asset side, we're a smaller company. So one person handles both. And um, that's kind of where all of a sudden the broker started accusing us of double brokering. Um, we immediately, Hey, here's the ELD. Here's the location of the truck. Here's yeah. the care of where he's at. We don't double broker. It's just, I our mean, own yeah, you can confirm that right. their freight is in the truck with the correct MC number on it. I mean, like, how can you accuse someone of double broker? It doesn't matter. You run a brokerage or it doesn't matter. None of that, you know, as long correct. as the correct freight went in the correct truck that was booked for it. And just to be clear, we're talking about number two here right now, right? Um, yes. Number two. Okay. Okay. Just for anyone listening, we're talking about the talking about the second one that was removed. And I was kind of touching on this with Travis before the show. And because, you know, that's the one I think that causes the most damage. Because if you're a carrier and you get a double brokering report, you know, immediately Coyote, all the big names are immediately going to DNU you. Um, and I was talking to Travis before. I mean, it's a big headache. I mean, you can tell us a little more, but to get those removed, right, Travis? I mean, it took a lot of work calling higher ups and. Yeah, so immediately when that got filed, was for double brokering on the second one, like that was the report. Correct. That that was that was really what like Matt said. Stuck with the brokers we've been using forever, and we and we try not to use too many new brokers. We're not setting up new carrier or broker packets every single day. We try to use the network we have, send out our available truck list, use the same brokers, and some of the big ones we have to use the Coyote CH. TQL sometimes, depending on what market you're in, sometimes they they have a lot of freight out of that area and there's not much not, not much pickings after that. So um it, it gets it gets difficult. So when immediately when that got posted, my dispatch mainly are, you know, we call them like a, a inside sales that have to work with brokers to reposition the equipment where we don't have direct customers immediately fl- flies into my office. Hey, we got a freight guy report and I'm getting calls from Coyote and CH and TQL. They're going to DNU you. We got to have a, uh, a letter on company letterhead. I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. I've been in the office when years. When a freight guard goes it's like pandemonium in the office. As soon as the freight guard goes live, everyone's running around. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, a freight guard report. And people are, blowing up the phone and won't give us freight over one freight guard report that just happened. We responded to it. Um, Hey, this is what happened. We had the coordinates. We proved it was our truck. Still the brokers um, had an issue with it and wanted to talk to me and uh, have to work up through leadership to prove that we were not double brokering. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big thing that people like really need to realize. I mean, many brokers maybe haven't been on the carrier side, haven't been affected by freight guard. The minute that freight guard goes live, it, it's over. Like you are fighting that from the moment it hits 411. Like it's an uphill battle from the very minute that, that it's, it's live. So 
Karthik can talk a little bit from a broker perspective. I mean, my my I I know which company. We won't put the company for number two out there because it's you know it's resolved. But it's yeah. a pretty big company, and what I'm guessing happened here is a broker was very upset that his his load got you know canceled, and then heard the logistics in the background just immediately in an emotional state went and complained, and then filed a freight guard like I'm going to get back at this carrier. Yeah. And you know, caused a bunch of caused a bunch of problems. Um, you know, is kind of how I would. It seems kind of like a shoot first, ask questions later situation. To be honest, it, that's exactly how it is. And I think freight guards and carrier four and one have a place in the industry to help protect brokers against the bad acting carriers or the double brokers. But when in this situation, you're proven guilty until you can fight and prove yourself innocent. And in the current market, when you have to re reposition a, uh, a truck, I mean, you can lose quite a bit of revenue pretty quick. Um, yeah, like immediately. Like, <laughs> it's pretty immediate. Yeah. Yeah, I've been because I mean, I've been a part of some like very big carriers just as a dispatcher. And uh, I mean, like when you're hiring new people in any market, it happens, you know, somebody maybe comes across as cold on the phone and, you know, a newer dispatcher doesn't know how to cancel freight, you know, as efficiently. And I mean, I've dealt with my fair share of working under a freight guarded company and uh, it's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> well, and you had to, I mean, you had to call a lot of higher ups at Coyote just to get this resolved. Right. I mean, um, it was not an easy process. I mean, before the freight. Right. Guard, yeah. yeah. It wasn't an easy process at all. I mean, there had to be management on management on leadership approval to take us off the DNU list. And we're, they find, they, it, it, they finally did because they looked at our history, like, okay, we've been working on extreme for 10 plus years. They have no freight guards, you know, carrier 401 shows we've had our authority for 13 years. Okay. You know, well, so that's the thing. Did it affect like how badly it affected your, you know, like customers that you have, like your customers? Cause that's kind of. I feel like, I mean, I haven't had too many direct customers. I've had a few through my years, but um, I feel like that wouldn't affect them as much as the spot market. No, right. no not I, at all, right? I don't think uh, customers look at Carrier 401 at all. Like you didn't have any issues with your base customers, like you're, you're free? Not at all. What your base customers are really monitoring are your FMCSA basics. If they see you go over a threshold, most of them have some sort of reporting agency, sends them an email. Hey, so-and-so went over their hours of service basic, then they'll reach out to you. Fortunately, we don't have any over the basic, but I, I know, um, you know, we've had an owner operator once get like a 15 point, uh, roadside and customers have called on that and we explain, Hey, <laughs> this is the process. But as far as like carrier foreign water freight guards, I don't know any shippers on that, possibly in the flatbed world, the shippers that are also have their own brokerage that are posting their own freight on that or truck stop but um well, luckily you know, this didn't know. really detract heavily from from your main main source you know since spots such a smaller percent um, that's good i mean I, like i said that's a topic i never really thought of um, it's cool to hear some insight about that mm -hmm. yeah i don't think it i kind of figured that's what travis was gonna was gonna say i mean i don't think there's chippers and that's part of the problem i mean carrier 411 is like designed just for brokers um, you know, the guest we're going to have on next week claims he has a 100% data only platform that's for shippers, carriers, brokers, everyone um, to prevent double brokering and fraud. 
we're going to talk to him about that, but that's one of the complaints, you know, like shippers aren't going on four one one. I mean, this is a, it's basically a platform for brokers to <laughs> complain about, complain, <laughs> complain about carriers. Also, wisely on that one, yeah. Right? But there's also some, you know, legitimate stuff. I mean, there is, there is. Brokering oh, is a, is a big is. problem. Is. Fraud is a big problem. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, finding that, finding that common, uh, common ground somebody in the chat looks like micah just asked how long did it take to get this resolved so on number two we had that one resolved within 48 hours nice that's that's quick number one we still have not had resolved prior to hopping on this podcast our attorney is working up a demand letter for both the broker the person that posted it and um carrier 401 itself so do you want me to put up the freight guard? I think that's is that that's for number yeah, one. Right? Maybe put up the law part first, Alex. Because I think that's kind of interesting. The Wisconsin uh, Wisconsin law. Um, this is something that you know you probably didn't know about this before, right, uh, Travis? You know this the statute here. No, I was not aware of it. Um, yeah, I had never heard of it. Uh, this came from our legal counsel today, our transportation attorney, and just. Again, we're, we're also going to name Carrier 4 and 1 in our demand letter because they're really allowing uh, unethical posts to be made on carriers without any verification. And you can go to this broker's uh, website or uh, sorry, Google reviews, and you can see they have a history of it. Um, shame on us, too. We should have looked at that prior to booking freight with them. But some of this freight was booked in February, March of this year and our team doesn't they really trust data ITS the Ansonia scores and we don't allow them to book anything below a 95 so I went on DAT the other day they don't have any profile at all on there anymore I don't even know as a broker how you remove that off Ansonia or DAT but they don't have anything anymore so but they passed the credit check like you guys obviously checked out their credit we check it through DAT yeah yeah I mean, see, that's kind of funky to me because as a carrier, I mean, the only thing I really typically look at is, hey, do they pass the credit check? If I get a green light there, I mean, it's off to the races. Um, right. I think a lot of like dispatchers and carriers don't look up the Google reviews, um, especially for the smaller companies, because the bigger ones, I mean, you're going to get a mixed bag of good and bad. And, yeah. But I think that's something carriers, even like after hearing this, I might start doing with some smaller ones is, hey, like if Google's mostly negative on a smaller brokerage, you know, kind of approach with caution, because just because they have credit doesn't mean that they're doing things correctly. And sometimes credit can take 60 days to catch up, because when you report um, to the credit monitoring agencies like DAT or they use Ansonia, I mean, a lot of times before you can file on a bond, I believe it's 60 plus days. So before they're credit is getting hit on a service it's already too late if you've already got loads so just to recap like just for from my point of view like uh where did this start like you it was about like a payment issue What's yeah so this started one, if you want to pull up number one alex so yeah let me just reread that sorry i just want to kind of well march 2023 yeah so it was a payment thing yeah, so uh, that was the question I had actually uh, wanted to ask you. What, like, do you know what the payment terms were supposed to be? Was that net like? 30? Net 30, yeah, net 30. So, Pretty standard though, and, and again, I don't know why we waited so long to file on the bond. I think you know, there's four separate loads out there that we had hauled for this broker, it wasn't a ton. Owed us fifteen, twenty thousand dollars or something like that <laughs> at, at, at that point. 
just an I don't even say that's wow. not a con, like so nonchalantly, you know, it's like 15, 20 grand. Just for, for well, smaller carriers, in the bigger picture for a small carrier, that's huge. But I, yeah, I but get, he has a hundred, yeah. Travis has a yeah, hundred yeah, trucks. Yeah. No, it's just funny to me, you know, running, you know, a sub 15 truck fleet and, and you know, the, the scale of things is so different at that level. Well, and, and you know, I, I work with her. I know a lot of other carriers my size and larger. I mean, lately it's it's been pretty common and not unheard of to be out 250. I had one out a half million dollars. You know, the business is tough right now from the manufacturing standpoint and the brokerage standpoint. So you can get hung out there pretty quick in today's market with uh, brokerages dropping off and some, some of the uh, shippers and customers are dropping off and non-paying. And sometimes you're just too late to the table. Fortunately here, we filed on their bond October 20th. We were paid October 26th. And then they filed the, the uh, freight guard report for we're unethical for filing on their freight guard report. And they, they paid us. Everything has cleared. So but how they, was they, they, they said we didn't like leading up to this like were they responsive throughout all these months or did they just kind of disappear at a certain point yeah so we we have a collections department and we we called four or five six times i believe something like that so we had the we had a the log of every time our collections department called uh, no response our dispatch team contacted the broker that they worked with and she said it was going to get taken care of Never did. The other yeah. thing with this broker and, and seeing in the Google reviews confirms what our accounting department said. They will only accept mailed invoices and BOLs. But like, you know what I don't understand is how do they pay you and then say you're being unethical for just asking for the money that they owed you like and they paid you so clearly they owed you the money. Like, that doesn't add up to me. You know? it, it doesn't add up. And they, I think what just reading some of the reviews earlier today, I think their big thing is again, they they will only accept a mailed POD and a mailed yeah, originals, like just straight so nineteen ninety again. Yeah, <laughs> their their big game seems to be you never invoiced us and you never sent us the proof of delivery. And the problem is when you stick something in the mail, you really don't have proof. I mean, there there is not many brokers or carriers anymore that really want to mail. We have a brokerage as well. Um, mm -hmm. We want everything uploaded through our portal so we yeah. can invoice it as soon as possible. We don't need originals. We don't want people. Have you heard the argument the, for the originals? Because I made a post about this months ago because there's a brokerage. Um, I won't name them, but they only, you know, you can only give them originals. And so I made a post about it just asking like, hey, what's up with this? And somebody's this is the argument. Like, I, I'm not even kidding with you. The argument is that requesting originals like saves people from trying to steal like detention and stuff like that, um, like undeserved detention, because you're getting the originals. And I, it, it didn't make any sense to me. I mean, mailing stuff in versus sending a you know a POD over email, um, I think it's just more of a headache than what it's trying to solve, to be honest. But even on the originals, typically to get paid for most of the brokerages now, they want you to write the in and out times on the original. Yeah. yeah like so either way, you're writing it on the original or scanning yeah, the original. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was a funny conversation because mailing in originals will deter. I mean, me, myself as a carrier, I don't want to mail in the originals. 
Um, if that's your policy, it's like I, I might skip your loads half the time unless I really need it. It's it's just a nuisance. It's well, it's twenty twenty three. I mean, yes, it's, yeah. I, it's, I don't I'm, I don't I don't even know how to really send. I'd have to think about how to send a letter by mail. It's been I don't know how long since I've done that. Got to buy a stamp. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, and Matt, I don't know if you know Mitchell from MW Logistics. Um, sounds familiar. I've heard the company name. Maybe He's not. uh he has McLeod, so I see him at a lot of the user conferences. He actually finds. A carrier if you're gonna send in a paper paper invoice and pod's anymore because oh he doesn't want them to send in here no yeah you don't you don't want them to be efficient anymore you want as close to delivery as possible and we do this on our drivers as well scan that paperwork in so we can immediately bill it and keep the cash flow rolling for everybody our customers also want to see it because you also catch os and d that maybe the driver didn't catch because they scribble out yeah, across the lines of the case that you didn't even The dispatcher or carrier will notice things on the paperwork the driver may not have, have noticed right away. Right. So scan it in and keep the cash flow going and catch OSD and other issues on that POD as soon as possible. Yeah, I like that to topic. Do you I mean, have what? some of the reviews to pull up, Alex? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, do we want to look at the original freight guard report or do we want to just get to the Google reviews? Um, yeah. I don't know what you want we'll to look at the original freight guard report. Right, yeah, let's call it the original. Yeah, so the original filed by Kyle, service driven transport out of Washington. Um, you know, the record the report is pretty basic. Carry filed on bond for four shipments, we received invoices on 912, and carrier was paid on 1012, 30 day terms. Check having cash and cleared the bank carrier is a do not load so i mean that's the point like did what time like when did they get that paperwork like one load was in march so they had to have it by april i mean we turn our stuff pretty quick every single yeah. week um so basically they're saying like maybe one of the four didn't reach them until september so they just didn't pay anything is that like what I'm well, they're, they're saying no no uh, invoice or pod ever reached them ah so, okay and and here's the other thing they, they request everything mailed original how did they all of a sudden receive all four shipments with the originals i mean yeah like at the same time on the same yeah day. yeah we we filed their we filed on their bond they immediately sent a check paid us and then I mean, it like we're unethical it sounds like somebody didn't check the mail until September. For, for I, I bet you, like, honestly, my thing is if this thing went to court and we and we like had a subpoena records, which obviously we don't want to do, but I'm willing to bet any money they received the originals, they invoiced their customer, they got paid, and you know it's more of a cash flow issue. So if if we got to the point of all right, let's see when you invoiced and got paid by your customer, it, it isn't going to match up with what they're saying here they received them they 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 were paid by their customer they just failed to pay us due to so cash flow issues or whatever they made. sort of like a ponzi scheme where they're using carrier a's or carrier b's money to pay carrier a and just so on and so forth right well i mean i think it makes sense too to have the pod from the from the carrier that's why i don't understand the mail thing either i mean if a customer a lot of customers for, to bill customers you know they require the pod so yeah. send it by mail and wait for that i wonder how their customers are asking questions like you know where's the pod like <laughs> did my freight deliver you <laughs> well and that's why i personally believe 
They are receiving them. They are getting them to their customers. They're just not paying the carrier that all them timely. Exactly. Um, and, and it kind of, I know, I know Alex is going to bring this up in a second, but it kind of seems to, some people might look at this and be like, well, how do we, how do we know, you know, could see both sides. But if you look at the reviews of this company, I mean, you know, generally trends don't happen by mistake. Um, and kind of, as you were telling us before the show, I mean, it looks like this company may have some serious cash flow issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, let's bring up, I guess, in no particular order, um, all of these Google reviews. Um, I mean, this is just like out of the gate, you know, but, um, I mean, if they end up at a three out of 88 reviews, maybe, you know, there's this kind of stuff, but I mean, I don't know. After the story you've told of how they regarded you, I'm surprised it's not lower than a three, to be honest. Well, it's probably recent too. I mean, a lot of these ones look like they've recently gone down. Yeah, they're goes starting to, the to trickle in, it seems. People are finally starting to post on it. So maybe in the beginning, people start their business, their family, their friends. They all go, hey, let's get some five stars going on here. I mean, anything <laughs> what? what uh, <laughs> the hard part is, I mean, we've reached out to them several times. I have personally, obviously, I'd rather just uh, resolve the issue between, you know, man to man business to business. Hey, let's resolve this and let's move forward versus tying up a time, paying legal fees. And I know someone commented on our post, well, you're only hauling 15% brokerage anyway. It doesn't matter because it's our reputation. It's my reputation and it's everybody's reputation that works for me in that dispatch office. And it shouldn't be allowed to, to happen um, with no process but I mean, that's kind of every carrier's first step. And that's the world I want to live in where something like this happens. And okay, first of all, if you could avoid it, great. But once the freight guard goes live, I want to just call in, discuss it with them and be a man about it. You know, like this isn't, you know, worth the freight guard. Let's let's take yeah. it down. I'll take down my post. You take down your freight guard. Yeah. Let's go about our days. Let's not sit here and, and just, you know, like bring to light how bad like we are. You know, it's uh, better to just be a man about it and and just kind of tackle it head on. And like you said, it's obviously much simpler than lawyers and, and posts and all this kind of stuff and trying to prove who's right and who's wrong. It just seems so drawn out. Yeah, I mean, in, in my post, I didn't even name any of the brokers. I, I honestly posted our LinkedIn post to be like, has anybody had dealt with this? What do they do to resolve it? And I guess I didn't realize it was such a industry issue until until uh the post or the my post was posted and people started dming me hey this is what i've done there's quite a few comments on there hey this is what we were successful with so i guess i didn't realize how many people actually had to deal with these um freight cards yeah, and then you go through it that you're not going to really think about it you know like i mean it's been all, over 10 years you never even had to think about this and um i mean i have a lot of experience with it not firsthand but just i talk to a lot of carriers and have, mm-hmm. have a large network and I mean, it's a huge problem where it's always, this is always the fight. Like brokers can give us a freight guard. What can we do to the broker? And there's never been an answer to that. And I think that's like an industry-wide problem where like it needs to be addressed and it needs to be changed how, how things are being done. And the problem is, I mean, even you have DAT review. I don't know if Truck Stop does. We don't really use Truck Stop, but you have Google reviews. Problem is these carriers still keep hauling for the one and two star brokers because they just have a lot, you know, they have the majority of the freight in them areas. So it's difficult to even have a system when the carrier side is so fragmented. 
Yeah. They don't have the resources to constantly be looking at reviews. Yeah, it's hard to freight guard a broker and every carrier stops using them because there's much less brokerages than there are carriers. You wouldn't have TQL in business anymore if that worked. <laughs> and that's kind of, I mean, everybody complains about the, some of the big guys, TQL, CH Robinson, um, you know, the bigger guys. You go look at the reviews and everybody's complaining. You know, you had the guy show I, mean, I personally love the other day. I love CH. I'll just say that to everybody right now. I love CH Robinson. Okay, there, there's a lot of things that they might do wrong, but and we work carrier, for them too. So as a carrier hauling freight, I use a lot of CH Robinson. I have great reps there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think Alex, he's talking just about that the, the no, bigger companies. I mean, he he said he works with TQL CH. I mean, I don't yeah. think that's what yeah. uh, what Travis is. I, I guess I'm more. Saying what you hear from the smaller independents, the five or less, less guys in any truck, oh. group, that's all you hear is complaining on them, yeah. them types of uh, brokerages, yet they pick up their next load for them anyway. <laughs> so how do you get a system in place that actually works like the freight guards do? I think it's tough with this. It's just. I mean, I think if you ask me, I don't know. I was thinking about this before we got on maybe last night, late last night where I don't know how this would work and maybe someone will be able to figure it out. But like, let's say you have like a a website where you can check on a brokerage and then each broker in that brokerage is assigned into that website for that company. And you can check like the broker that you're on the phone with their personal reviews, you know? So like, if you're talking to Jack from whatever broker it is, you can see Jack's reviews, like, you know, freight guard, stuff so if jack has personally done a lot of shady stuff it doesn't necessarily reflect reflect the brokerage but you can kind of get a feel for who you're on the phone with and if you know they have some bad reviews maybe you avoid that broker yeah and it's no different than us with 100 trucks i mean all of our drivers ain't 100 perfect we do have turnover we do have a new driver and it goes on a new customer or broker and of course they overslept or didn't show up or you know there's there's tons of reasons but what one person can't define the company, same as at the brokerages. You can have your really good uh, carrier reps or account managers. And, and yeah, that's why I think like a system where I could see who I'm on the phone with, how are their reviews? Because I mean, with how big some companies are, it wouldn't be fair to slap like a brokerage freight guard on a company with thousands of employees. Yeah. Because I mean, there's only going to be maybe two that are bad. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's hard to know. There's probably a million jacks at. You know, yeah, okay. They have to have like a company ID and their first and last. It'd be a lot more complex than yeah, just yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna be complicated. I mean, I mean, I think yeah, but it's not impossible. Use, it's not impossible. Oh, not impossible, but I, I don't know. But I, but what I'm saying too is people have to actually use them. I mean, I agree with what Travis said. I mean, I have a couple carrier friends myself, and they'll t- they would talk to me. They'd be like, "I'm never working with XYZ broker again. They don't pay attention. You know, this, this, and this." And I'll talk to them a month later and they'll be telling me, you know, they worked with XYZ carrier again and having the same problem. Like, well, why'd you do it? They're like, well, they had a really high paying load in this area. It's paying a thousand more. So they you know, took the gamble and you know, they, they see the reviews. But I mean, it depends on you know where your truck is, what load you have to have. And people make exceptions to rules you know, all the time. Yeah. And right now you have plenty of trucks to choose from they can sit you know in the past two years freight guards really from what i understand just learning in the past couple of days really didn't matter um coyote and them were telling us that you know there wasn't enough trucks you know say there's a, a thousand loads and and uh 
a hundred trucks. I mean, they just had to get their customers freight moved. So um, they weren't as prevalent as they are now. And I now that there's a lot of things that happen out, like out of need, like, you know, like you want to uphold your values and you want to uphold your personal do not use list. But when it's 3 30, 4 PM on a Thursday and you're empty, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> It's not so easy at that time to, to keep it up. When there's one load and a hundred trucks. I mean <laughs> I mean it's true, yeah. Like that's you know, you, you open up DAT, you see in your area 98 loads, your next step 7 a.m. in the morning, you see how many trucks, it's 700. You're like, oh well, I guess I'm taking the first load I see today. Like, yeah. Well, I, I think too, I mean, in this situation too, I mean, there's hasn't been a you have the other page of what you were going to show Alex up there, the other reviews, but I mean, they just don't answer. There's no, I mean, we all talk about communication and logistics. I mean, you guys have been trying to solve this solve this problem for, you know, a minute and they're just no response. Right. Yeah. I, I have reached out several times to the carrier relations team and Kyle, who I believe is a vice president there that actually filed that and was the broker. Um, no response. I haven't had any response, just like this, uh, whoever this breakneck is. But um, so the next step, the demand letter is going to go to president, CEO. So when did the freight guard hit? Like, uh, how long has this been? So you've got no, basically, no four days. So we're four days in with basically a, like radio silence. Like, yeah. I just don't get how you can slap up a freight guard and then just like crawl into a hole and disappear. I mean, like, right. when I had my freight guard issues, I was in contact with with that brokerage almost on a daily basis. You know, calm conversations. Them telling me we don't want to remove it. Me telling them, okay, we're gonna make Google review. Long yeah. story. We but we talked. That's like one thing I cannot say. Like, hey, they didn't hide from me. You know, they slapped me with a freight guard. I felt was you know not not correct. Eventually got taken down because it wasn't correct. But they didn't disappear. They never one time didn't answer the phone. They never didn't reply to emails. Because I mean that's like a whole other thing. Like you just crippled the carrier and now you disappeared. I mean that's that's not. And the one we had removed, they they were very open to. We communicated back and forth. Yeah. You know I typically. Like in that one, I, I let the dispatcher try to work through it on on his own, and then after he got nowhere, then I then I took it, but um, it got removed pretty quick. And that was, that's that one was a more reputable. I mean, that we were not going to say their name, but I, I knew yeah. who that broker was, and um, you know, I, I you know, it it's got, not got like it was a bad. Uh, it was a bad employee. I mean, if you're a big broker or like this one was where this happened. I mean, they probably had a broker who was upset, you know, emotional, did that. Yep. They realized it when you emailed it and were like, yeah, let's be fair to take it down. But in the second case, <laughs> it seems to be more malicious. You know, everyone kind of talks on the broker side that, you know, there's carriers doing desperate things right now, stealing, you know, because of the way rates are stealing, double brokering, mm -hmm. doing all this stuff too, but not too many people are talking on the broker side. I mean, from the reviews of this company, it's pretty obvious that they're cash struggling right now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and what brokers are doing desperate things, you know, not paying detentions, filing false freight guards and doing all this stuff because you know, they're in a desperate financial situation too. I mean, we're seeing brokerages going under now just as much as we're seeing carriers in some sense. I mean, with the news. I mean, I think it's just everybody's uh, in a squeeze. Everybody's kind of on a high tensions on both sides of everything. 
Um, I think not enough people talk about the shippers dropping the rates. It's always the argument that the, the brokers are the ones controlling the rates, and it's not the case anymore. And I think people are just at a boiling point. I mean, freight guards are flying around. Planes are flying around. Like, like you've been doing this over 10 years. You never had one. And it's not a coincidence that in this like historically bad period of time, that's when you get your first one. That's when you get your second one. Right. What would you suggest, Travis, to carriers, you know, to prevent this in the future or, you know, kind of what, you know, what advice would you have for, for carriers, you know, to be going through this or looking to prevent this? Um, just kind of advice in general for any carriers that might be listening. Pretty new to it yet, but um, <laughs> definitely respond right away. The one that's left, it came in on a Friday, I think, after ops was closed. I believe you have 72 hours to respond. By Monday, it was in one of the dispatchers' junk mail. Hey, you need to respond to this. He saw it, clicked on it. Time already expired, so we weren't even allowed to respond to that. Um, so if you do see one, I, I do believe it's best to go and respond right away as long as you see it. Put your side of the story so at least the broker can uh, read both sides of the story and try to make sense of it. And then just really try to communicate with the brokerage right away. Getting angry and, and making threats and filing all you know demands are really a last resort. Um, I always would rather just work through it, work through it together, be positive. We're all human, and like I tell my ops team, hey, we're all human. We get upset in here. Truck truck misses its appointment or doesn't get loaded or breaks down. We know how frustrating and stressful that can be. Um, and and today. People are quick to just hop on the computer and that's their payback. It made them feel better for, for the moment, even though it might not have made perfect sense. And usually cool heads will prevail. So if you just wait a day or two and try to work it out with the brokerage or broker who, who filed it so far, we're 50, 50, um, the one came off right away. So yeah. No, I mean, it's just funny because you, you've obviously had great success in, uh, you know, building up your, your asset side. And just because, you know, I'm on the carry side, saw like your story on the website and talking to you, I can see like how you got there. You know, you're a calm guy. You're not going to get in here and be like, oh, a truck broke down and start losing your mind on everybody. Because, I mean, that's like a testament to the type of attitude you have to have to, to be, you know, somebody in this business. And I think you've definitely reached, you know, a level not a lot of carriers ever will. And, um, you know, I appreciate the attitude. You're a very calm guy, you know, even going through all of this here, you're not, you never one time were angry. And, I mean, it's, he's a Midwest a guy. That's how the Midwest <laughs> people are. He's from Wisconsin, Minnesota. So, nice. Wisconsin. Nice. We're... <laughs> so would we say the Midwest is like the, the Canada of America? Like everybody's nice over there. <laughs> I'd say so. It, it's uh, definitely yeah. a different mentality when you're calling on shippers in the Midwest versus say the East coast. <laughs> It's funny you yeah. say that. I made a post. I never in my freight brokering career, I shouldn't say never, someone had a parent company out in the Northeast, but I made a point to avoid calling shippers in the Northeast. Like <laughs> their personality just, there's some great people in the Northeast. I have some friends there, but like I made a point to not call and prospect in the Northeast. Yeah. I mean, I worked under a carrier that was based out of uh, New Jersey. So I spent about a year and a half only calling brokers from the Northeast and dealing with the drivers in the Northeast. And I mean, 
they're rude. <laughs> a lot of them have a crazy attitude, man, uh, compared to talking to people down south, uh, talking to people, you know, Missouri, Wisconsin. So, I mean. Does anyone have any questions? Um, I don't know, in your stream or uh, my stream, Alex, on LinkedIn, does anyone before you know, we kind of wrap this up, does anyone have any questions for uh, Travis? Yeah, we'll like let that go for a minute or two and hopefully they do. But yeah, Travis, it's been great having you on. Like I said, it's my first time ever having a chance to speak with you. Um, you know, I'm really impressed, man. I read the, the company journey and talking to you and you're, you're definitely one of the good ones in this industry. And I apologize for what happened to you because it's, it's not fair, man. It's for sure it's not fair. Yeah, I appreciate it. And it's a learning lesson for us as well. I do think there is a spot for them. Um, again, we have a logistics side and that's one of the requirements that our brokers check the freight guards because you want to look for a pattern you you want to get weed out the double brokers and typically if you see it there um if you didn't have a working relationship with them you can go look on google you can go look at other places pull up their facilities on google maps and if it's you know uh an mc in one of the places in california where there's 500 other mcs <laughs> you get a pretty good idea so i agree that we need something like this because there are bad actors out there but it's on both sides too um, now would you guys say on your brokerage side that like uh would you like your team do you guys actually read the freight guards do you say like hey you have a freight guard but we're willing to give you this freight because it seems like it wasn't you know a correct freight guard a serious one yeah we do um we we look up the carrier and do the due diligence we use my carrier packets we use freight guards highway and we what we're really looking for is a story. If the story's telling us that it's a bad actor, typically they're a bad actor. But if there's one-offs and good responses from ownership, how long have they been in business? Um, we sometimes even go to their Facebook page, see, see how they communicate, look yeah. at their reviews on Google, and just really, really do yeah, so. Take a human approach to it. You can't just say, "Here's one freighter, boom, hang up the phone." I mean, that's. You know, and we really try to work with the same carriers. We we really try not to ever just post on Dad or Truck Stop and take the first call. We really try to build a network, work with the same carriers to create that consistency. So we got a comment for you. I'll try to put it up for you now if you can take a look at it. Again, I think you got to look at the, to Chris's comment here, I think, yeah, you got to look at the story. If, if if you're a bad actor, you're going to have more than one one freight guard. Or if you've been in business 10 years and you've only you had two in literally a week, something something is not right there. So, again, we are, we're always looking for the story. Look at multiple places. Google tells you a lot. Facebook reviews tell you a lot. Um web pages and, and just really look for the story but i agree to chris's point i mean they all shouldn't be removed if if they are <laughs> if they're a bad actor we want them to stick because i don't want our brokerage getting burnt either and i want to help make the industry better as well yeah you can't just go delete carrier 401 that would cause way more harm than good I, I think i'll touch on what i think chris is getting at too i mean there's some double brokers at least in my experience you know being around a, a brokerage and working in it, you know, there's double brokers that will call and offer money to have the freight guard removed so they can continue oh. their scheme. So they'll, they'll be committing double broker and fraud and they'll, they don't even care about the payment. I've had, you know, carriers 
know, I had one situation where somebody double brokered and railed the shipments when I was a new broker and they didn't even care about their payment. They just wanted the freight guard down because they could obviously continue their operation and keep making more and more money. So I think that's what um, Chris might be. Might be I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. And I don't want that to happen. I, I want to make the industry better, not worse. You know, in the past 10 years, the industry's got kind of a bad ding on it the way it is. We, we don't want bad carriers in the business. I mean, at the end of the day, I got to compete with them carriers too. And they're doing illegal stuff or hauling, hauling stuff they shouldn't haul and hauling for cheap. And at the end of the day, we got to compete with that. So no, I, I believe there is a place for freight guards. There just needs to be a process in place to make sure that they're ethical and not just someone slapping up a, a emotional freight guard report because it can, it can do some damage and it just time that you have to go through to prove your innocence with everybody you've been working with. I think we got Chris on board and I think that's, you know, a really good closing statement from you is that, um, you know, free guards have a place, but um, there mm -hmm. needs to be a stricter kind of way for them to be processed where they're not just posted out of emotion and they're not just frivolously given out. And uh, I think that's the whole point of it. So I would say good luck to you with your second one, or I guess the last one up. And uh, it's been a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Travis. I'll have to get out to Wisconsin one of these days. Uh, <laughs> we're, not, we're not too far away. So no, come on over. Enjoy the rest of your day, Travis, and uh, we'll definitely see you around. All right. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. Thanks, Travis. Well, there we go, man. Episode, uh, episode three in the books, Alex. I think we uh, didn't put this up at any point throughout any of this, so just just in case. You're Not behind, man. You mentioned this like six times in our last show. You had this thing coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I think this was a little bit more of a calm environment, but I just don't want to, you know. I mean, I, we definitely did name one name. and I mean, within like fair reason, though, like this broker, I mean, I, it's not my situation. I don't want to personally say much about them, but. I mean, come on, dude, like just from the evidence that's out there, like, and then just the yeah, fact we, that they're not replying to him, like, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's why I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I'll kind of give it away, but I mean, we're going to have somebody with a platform coming on it in the show <laughs> whose goal is to tackle these issues. He claims they have a hundred percent data driven thing to stop fraud and it's for shippers carriers brokers everyone so the thing with carrier 411 is we're talking about no no shippers going on carrier 411 yeah that's something i learned today. i mean i've never because i just never thought about it man i've had direct shipper customers i have direct shipper customers but just not to the scale that that, that guy does for sure um and not to the scale you know where it's something i even think about because i'm not dealing with freight guards thankfully in the company i'm in and we hope we're not going to be dealing with them so it's just something you, you know, if you've never been around it, you wouldn't think about it, you know. So I'm happy to hear that uh, the freight card didn't affect his, you know, relationship business, that side of it. Yeah, and it, it's why, you know, I mean, carriers, I mean, you and I both talk about this, you know, but the best price always isn't, you know, isn't the one to go with. You know, I have carriers, this isn't the case in Travis's situation, but as I was talking on the show, I mean, I have carrier friends who will claim they'll never work with another broker ever again, X, Y, Z. And the minute they have a high paying load, well, there's some red flags here, but we'll uh, you know, we'll look past it. Kind of like you know, if it's, you're a young guy and there's a cute girl, has a lot of red flags. Oh, we'll just we'll just look past it, you know. Like we'll just forget about those for another. I mean, I saw somewhere on LinkedIn today. I don't know who posted it. Some uh, quote where if you haul for peanuts, you you get monkeys. You know, like I don't know. I was like, 
pretty, pretty solid, you know, when it comes to the lowest price argument. So. You got some questions prepared for tomorrow, man. You know, John. John's made it pretty clear he's uh, saying he's not scared. So, yeah, I, mean, I think I'm gonna get off here in the next minute or two, and uh, that might be my my homework for tonight. Uh, setting up the, the 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 real questions for for John A. Rogers. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, it's, he's like, you know, four o'clock on a Friday. I know isn't the ideal time, but if you know John, I mean, he's. Hey, I think the uh, with, with the reputation John has and uh, maybe the reputation that I have as a carrier that uh, I think people will watch the, the replay of that one for sure. And I hope uh, I just hope we're going to have a good show tomorrow. I'm really cool. It's really cool that we met Travis. Um, I've never talked to him. And uh, from what I, you know, from what oh, I Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, that's good. why when I saw that, I was like, I know Travis personally. You know, I'm a little more skeptical to like bring on certain stories of like double brokering this side, this side, if I don't know the individuals. Um, but you know, I, I know Travis. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah. Yeah, no, I really like that guy, man. I think he, you know, he's grown to a point that almost, I would say 98% of carriers will never reach. And especially in this market for him to have the relationships he does to keep all his, all his units moving and stuff. I mean, it's no easy feat. And he's definitely the calmest business owner, like carrier that I've spoken to. Because I mean, oh, I've met, he's very laid back, you know. Yeah, like I've met some large carriers, you know, in person or even just like over the phone. And I mean, this guy is like on a different level of just mellow. Which yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things you're probably going to ask. You know, kind of segue into our episode tomorrow is John. I mean, relationships with carriers and stopping double brokers and frauds. I mean, John's very good at negotiating, a big negotiator. But you know, if you negotiate for that extra fifty bucks to the other hundred bucks, uh, I mean, that's one of the questions. You know, you know, like, are you do you see more double brokers? Do you see more fraud? Like, what kind of more yeah. problems happen? I mean, it's, it's a relationship business. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, you know, good show today. I really like Travis. I really hope he gets that second one removed. Happy the first one got removed. And, uh, well, the good the good news, too, is the, the one that was removed was a double brokering one. The second one that's yeah, still out there is the unethical yeah, business yeah. practices, and less brokers are going to care about that. I mean, yeah, it's more of an accounting thing if they read it, especially. But the double yeah. broker, one, that's like the, that's the heavy hitter. So thankfully, that got out quick. Yeah. Should we ask before we go? Anyone else have any other questions before we uh, we sign off? I was telling Alex before the show we should try to go at least an hour, and we're at uh, we're at fifty three minutes. So yeah, I mean we got like another two three minutes if anybody has anything to ask us. But um, I'm excited. I'm so excited about tomorrow. You, you like this has been like months, maybe over a year in the making of just waiting to talk to John and like a in a chill environment and uh, not to be just, you know, because we've been poking at each other in the comments for, for months. And hopefully think, we don't get sued. Yeah, yeah, hopefully not. I mean, we have our disclaimer. I mean, we'll yeah. just maybe, like, keep that up for the entire time we talked to John. I was making, I was making a joke because, and somebody said, you know, you're somebody who knew we're going to have John on. They're like, you're risking getting sued for blah 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 if john says something off the wall crazy on your show i was like well we just brought on you know our episode last week i, I think john's gonna be okay i don't i don't think neither one of us are worried I about being having john on. with john is that he drops some of the like best brokerage content like he is just oh, giving sales 120 percent. like he is just giving out free advice like all day long on linkedin at the same breath, like he is, in my opinion, the most like cancelable like personality 
on that side in modern terms. You know, he's just he doesn't care. He will say what he thinks, and you know, that's good. And he's giving away great advice, and he has heavy opinions. And um, I think people shouldn't be scared, you know, to to talk how they. I mean, that's who he is. He's he's being honest. You know, it's better than somebody coming on LinkedIn and being dishonest and you know and being you know somebody that they want you to think that they are. So. I think he's a polarizing figure either way. Yeah, no. And in terms of uh, in terms of sales tips too, I mean, like I said, if John charged me five hundred dollars an hour, I think I'd owe him about fifty grand. I mean, he, yeah, he's, I think- he's my friend, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna on the show. I'm gonna be pretend I don't know certain things and ask some questions, <laughs> and I'm not gonna be like a softball type just because I'm his friend. Otherwise, you know, people are gonna be like Matt, what the heck, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think me and John are not friends in like the sense that we haven't talked personally much. So I don't think we're going to have any bias when it comes to that kind of thing. If you won't on your side, I, I will. Yeah, if I don't ask him with a question or two. So <laughs> <laughs> just because we're buddies, I'll be like, what do you mean? You didn't ask John about this or this and this. So um, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be good. Do you get your trucks booked? I know before we got in the show, you were uh, saying that a broker was going for the cheapest load for the fifth time and kept canceling on you. So yeah, I mean, it seems like these days when you lock in a freight, you get put on a quick, you know, one to two minute hold where in my imagination, they're just running over the office. Hey, who has a cheaper option than this amount that I have on the phone? Because a lot of loads seem to be like just coworker cover them right after they say they're going to give it to you. And I mean, that's a lot of assumptions, but um it sounds about right to me or a lot of those will just get canceled and then they'll tell you, Oh, it ships next week. Okay. I'll book it for next week. But then magically you can't book it for next week either. So I think it's funny, funny, funny things going on these days. Afraid, but. Yeah. It's, it's a wild world. Hey, I wanted to bring this up too. I didn't ask you about this before the show, but I saw an interesting quote and I really liked it. Um, Tim Donner of what the truck, you know, was at Freightways and asked a question about podcasting, you know, and basically I wish I had the full quote in front of me, but I mean, he said the easiest part is just hit hitting record, you know, and the amount of time, you know, outside of it is what he didn't know until he did the podcast. And I was thinking about how you and I started our podcast and that's true. I mean, we, between getting guests, working on the you know videos, all this, I mean, really, you know, connecting with people, I mean, really just hitting record is probably the easiest part. I mean, it's yeah. I, mean, I would say at the end of episode three, that we've definitely learned a lot and that we've definitely um i've gained a new respect for podcasting i I mean i wasn't really like an avid podcast listener i never thought too much about it but now that we're here trying to you know ramp up our production quality and this kind of stuff um it's not easy and a lot does go into it that you might not think about or see and um it definitely takes a lot more work than I had ever even thought was possible. I thought like, hey, we're just gonna you know slap this together and it'll, you know, off to the races. But um, yeah, finding the guests, interviewing the guests, trying to find stories, you know, and um, things that we can kind of get behind or want to apply. It's not easy. And hitting record probably is the easiest part. And being here for this hour probably is you know the easiest part of all of it. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm with you. I thought it was a good uh, a good quote. Um, all right. Well, we'll uh, we'll see you guys all tomorrow. We'll be live for Eastern um, with John Rogers tomorrow. And yeah, have a uh, have a great rest of the day, guys. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. I'm sure, Alex. Right back at it tomorrow, man. Take it easy. All right. Sounds good. Bye.